Welcome to the Take Good Care podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Bradshaw. No one wants to become highly skilled at navigating a medical crisis by actually navigating their own medical crises. But I'm here for it. I'm here to help you avoid the learn-as-you-go education in healthcare that I've experienced throughout my own healthcare journey. And I'm also here to facilitate inspiration with guests who get you. We get you. And we're here to build community. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Take Good Care podcast. We have some good stuff for you today. We're talking about restorative rest and well-being. But first, I want to clarify something before I introduce my guest. The Take Good Care community app is built for patients and caregivers who are currently amid a critical or chronic illness. However, this podcast relates to a broader audience. We definitely still serve the patients and caregivers from the community app. But what if you're someone who isn't amid a health crisis right now? Well, you can still learn from this episode because these tips and tactics discussed today can apply to any stressful situation and how we can manage that stress, whether it's a health crisis or something else. It is still about taking good care. And there's no better time than now to learn these skills and how we can apply them to our lives. So on today's uh, podcast episode, I have Karen Doran and she is an RN and she is also a stress and well-being coach. She specifically caters to people who are in the healthcare profession, but it applies to anyone who is trying to manage high stress situations, whether you're a parent or in the healthcare industry, a caregiver, having some other type of career, whatever it is in your life that's causing stress, you can take these tips we'll discuss and apply them to your life. Actually, literally immediately. Karen, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. I know you have a plethora of tips for us, including habit stacking and other things that really help us get focused on our health and our well-being. So thank you for being here. Glad to be here. Your story is that you are a nurse and you had to figure out a way to reduce your own stress. You know, a lot of times what we do in our career is we're trying to solve a problem. And so you started by trying to solve your own problem. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I joke I'm a chronic overachiever and chronic stressor. I'm a recovering overachiever and chronic stressor because that's how I lived most of my adult life was in that state of constant lists, you know, accomplishing things, getting stuff done, go, go, go. And I thought it was normal. A yeah. lot of nurses, and, and I've worked with a lot of them, they uh, take a lot better care of their patients than they do of themselves. Yes, we do not take very good care of ourselves. And that was one of the, I read a study about five years ago that really kind of lit a fire under me uh, that said that nurses are one of the most unhealthy professions in their personal life in the nation, meaning they just, we don't take good care of ourselves. Well, let's talk about stress. What does stress look like? Because everyone feels it differently, but is there an overall umbrella that you can explain it, how you can explain what stress is that we can all relate to? Yeah. So, I mean, everybody will find ways that stress shows up more for them than other people. And um, some of the indicators are racing thoughts, not being able to shut down your brain, the end of the day, difficulty sleeping, often like muscle tension, 
Yeah, like I just realized yeah. my shoulders are <laughs> up on my neck. You know? Yeah, me too. Right? Muscle tension, um, often emotions. Like when you have an emotional reaction to something that's not relative to the actual situation, it almost feels bigger than it should be. Also, like GI problems, stomach upset, those sort of things. So those are all pretty common indicators that your stress level is high. On the physiological level in our bodies, the stress response is something that's created to get us into a fight or flight state. It's a survival mechanism. It's designed to help us survive and overcome a threat. So it's actually a cascade of hormones that gets triggered that tells our body to get into a fight or flight state. It's very helpful in those critical stress situations. Like if you are hurt and need to get to help or if somebody, if there is an emergency and you have to think quickly and act quickly, the problem is, is that we're not designed to stay in that state. And what is happening is that because of the demands of modern life and the demands we place on ourselves, we don't come out of that. We're stuck in that state. And so physiologically, it is causing our bodies a lot of damage because we don't shift out of that fight or flight state into a restful state. And when we're in a restful state, that's where we can heal. That's where we can creatively think. That's where we can actually digest our food and metabolize our food. That's where our hormones can balance themselves. All those things can only happen in that relaxed state. And most of us live in the other fight or flight state. We don't shut off that state. Our brain thinks we don't we're know how to rest. Yeah. What is rest? It, it looks different to different people, but there must be an overall definition of rest as well. The best way I can describe it is rest is something that helps you shift your nervous system into that rest state. So we think often that we're relaxing when we're looking at our phone, but actually what we're doing is are when our brains are focused on something super close and the images are quick and fast on our screen, it's engaging our brain in a way that is not relaxing for our brain. And what we're seeing and thinking is what's triggering our stress response. So we're not going to really shift our nervous system as effectively mm -hmm. as if we just sat down and looked out into your yard and, and observed the flowers. When we actually physically move our eyes up and look at a horizon or look out, that actually also triggers your brain to be more in a relaxed state. That's why just sitting on the beach and looking at a horizon or looking at the ocean, well, that's one of the reasons, I mean, people like to be at the beach. It's it's yeah. relaxing. There's a lot of other great things about the beach, but they've done some studies. <laughs> and water in general, yep. right? I read a lot about that as well. You do training for people and you have a whole system in place. So let's let's start with your pillars, I think you call them. Uh, yes. Yes. Let's let's talk about that. Just give me an overview and let's let's dive in. Yes. So one of my loves is also education and making health information accessible to people. 
And so I knew that to move somebody from an exhausted, overwhelmed state of indecision, and you're going to, you need to take them on a journey and do it step by step and give them a structure that someone's already thought out. They don't have to think about it, right? They're just going to do one step after another. And how do you make it simple and accessible to make progress? And those small, simple habits that you know you can do are going to make the most difference as opposed to these huge, big things that you may only do for a day or two and not sustain. So I really work at helping people make small changes that's going to give them that like motivation and really then you can add and layer on those habits, mm-hmm. but you got to start small. Well, and you think about stress too. So the last thing we want to do is stress ourselves out about not being stressed, exactly. you know, thinking big picture, oh, how I don't think I can be a person who can really rest or, or really probably even more is admitting and identifying that you are a stressed person, that you are carrying stress in all areas of your life and that you need to slow down and start to move forward and, and come up with these remedies. So these remedies, number one. So rest is essentially recognizing that you have to pause. You do have to create that space to regulate your nervous system. And actively rest. Yes. Yep. And understanding to that shift between your shifting into the rest and digest part of your nervous system. Practice doing that. So the simplest way that I that I start teaching people to do is pay attention to your breath, meaning deep breathing at intervals throughout your day. And the reason I teach this is because every time I teach it, I'm reminded to do it myself and it makes a difference. So, <laughs> well, and I, uh, I read recently that you take in this deep breath and then at the end of that, you take this little extra bit in that you, where you think you can't take another breath in and then you let that out slowly and how oh, it was instant. It's literally instantaneous that you feel better. And it doesn't matter if you can't identify what feels better. What part of that did that help? If you feel better, you feel better. And that just leads to more feeling better. Right. I mean, your goal is to start feeling better as quick as possible so that you have the capacity to then make bigger changes over time. Um, The beautiful thing about deep breathing is that it is so accessible. We all know how to breathe. There's a host of different ways to breathe deeply, but to get the benefit, you really can just breathe in a way that feels natural to you. And I encourage people to find a trigger in their life, something they do normally every day. It could be every time you get into your car or every time you stop at a stoplight or sit down to your desk or take a drink of water. Using that to remind yourself to take deep breaths. The reason it works is because our brain gives our body signals, but our body also gives our brain signals. If we're stressed and then our body starts breathing deeply and calmly, like we're relaxed, like we do when we sleep, our brain gets the the signal and says, oh, hey, I thought I was stressed, but you know what? Maybe I'm not. And it can shift into a more relaxed state. I think also your body, you it can start to anticipate, like you said, okay, so I'm brushing my teeth before bed. I'm going to take some deep breaths. And 
at least twice a day, right? Because we brush our teeth ideally twice a day. Some people more, some people less. No judgment. But we take that opportunity for that habit that we know is there every day. So we just have to kind of play games with ourselves to think, okay, yep, that would fit. That's when I'd want to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I hope my clients do too, is find those ways to incorporate those habits that make sense for them, that are really easy and can kind of be fun. Right. The less barrier you have to implementing a new habit, the easier it will be and the most likely you're going to stick with it. Exactly. Okay. Pillar number two. This is such good stuff. I love this. (laughs) I've learned so much from you already just in how to conduct the rest of my day today. Oh, good. You know, that's what I love about this, what you're teaching here is that it's it's instant. Yes. It's your very next step of the day, you could implement these things and feel better. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Pillar okay. two. Pillar two. Uh, reconnect. <laughs> so reconnect. Um, okay. reconnect, meaning reconnecting to your body. Because when we are stressed, we stop listening to what our body is telling us. You know, you've ever had those days where you're, like it's two in the afternoon, you forgot to eat because mm-hmm. you're just go, 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 mm-hmm. or you forget to drink water. Or for a lot of us, if we have a lot to do, what's the first thing that we're going to not do? Sleep, you know? So we don't listen to what our body is telling us. Maybe we're really physically tired because we haven't slept well. What do we do? We drink a lot of coffee to get through that day. We start feeling tired again. We mask it. We drink more coffee or shoot a Red Bull and keep going. So we get good at not listening to what our body needs. And so in the process of decreasing our stress, we also have to reconnect to our body and start to trust it and listen to it again and then nourish it in the ways that it's asking to be taken care of. Let's talk about sleep. I think every person has their own number that they have to have, you know, however many hours, at least on a consistent basis. I am not a good sleeper, but I am not tired throughout the day. So is it possible, I've read somewhere that 3% of the population have this gene that requires less sleep. How do we know that we're not getting enough sleep, but we want to make sure we're getting enough to make sure we're taking care of our health? Because the more we read about sleep, the more we know it's connected to weight loss, to disease, to all kinds of things that we can't imagine that's affecting our long-term health. How do we know when we're getting enough? What's an example of feeling rested? Yeah, well, I think that there's kind of two things that come to mind. First is, how do you feel when you wake up? Do you, Are you able to wake up, maybe even without an alarm, and feel like, okay, the day's ready to go? And do you not necessarily need naps throughout the day or do you fall asleep pretty well at night? Those are kind of all indications that, you know, you're probably getting enough sleep if you wake up feeling rested. Thank you for answering that question because I've talked to a lot of people who are like, wow, sleep is important. I didn't really realize that. Um, Yeah. So we all do need different amounts of rest um, and sleep. And I think it's also important to explore that for yourself and honor that I I need a lot of sleep. I'm one of those people that I it's my favorite thing to do. So I need to, <laughs> I need to optimize that for how my body works. The cool thing now though is there's a lot of new technologies out there 
that actually will track your sleep. So I was wearing the watch yesterday. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So there are sleep trackers that um, will tell you the quality of sleep because the quality is really more important than the time. I remember once having a, a bad cold like bronchitis when I was on a trip and it was a work trip. And I went to a local urgent care and she said, you know, I'm just going to, I'm sorry, I'm just going to load you up because this is probably, this looks like it's viral, but doesn't mean it won't turn into an infection and you're not going to get better till you get home. You're not going to get the rest you need till you get home. So what I have learned from that experience and other experiences like it is we can't heal if we can't sleep. When we're sick, what do we do? Our body wants to sleep more. So that just naturally lends to the fact that our body needs sleep to heal from even the simplest things that we aren't paying attention to. It's just that we, on a daily basis, need to restore ourselves. Yeah, your body really only can heal when it's in that rest state. And so sleep is really critical to that. Um, it's also really critical to our immune system. We Having really quality rest is a preventative thing as well. When we are going through a stress, full time and illness, hospitalization, you do need to just honor the fact that that is part of the treatment plan is rest. So what can you do to make space for that extra rest? That's it. That's it. That's a very good point. Third and final pillar. (laughs) So the third and final pillar is restore, meaning restoring things that bring you joy, creativity, play, beauty, connection to that which is greater. All those things help connect us and actually decrease our stress as well. Unfortunately, when we are stressed, we're often in a very, you know, a tunnel vision on what we have to do next. We're often in that kind of survival state and we forget about those things that might seem frivolous, like art or play or music or all those things. But those things help us decrease our stress and they also bring a more purpose to our life. So it helps us to remind ourselves of who we are and what's valuable to us and how we're unique. And when in dealing with stress, incorporating those things that bring you joy earlier in the process, even if they're in little, little ways, helps bring you energy. And quite simply, when we're connecting with other people, we feel safer. We feel connected to community. Our brain connects that as feeling safe. And so it will start to shut down the stress response. Mm -hmm. So even if maybe you can't go out to eat with a friend, um, even just connecting with the person who's making your coffee, having a conversation, texting somebody and saying, hey, I'm just thinking about you. There's small little ways to reach out to increase connection because sometimes setting up a big event or... Even going to coffee with someone might seem like a lot, especially if you are really stressed and exhausted, overwhelmed, or if you're an introvert like me, sometimes that (laughs) seems huge. But there's so many different ways to connect that are valuable. And so don't underestimate, I think, the power of connecting with other people. I think like what you said about connecting with a person with the coffee, because I'm always interested in talking to people and um, 
even if it's just a brief encounter like that. And it's funny because growing up, my son, he's grown now, but he'd be so embarrassed. Mom, you don't have to talk to everybody. Mom, they probably just want to, you know, do their job. They don't want you talking to them. But what I've found is nine times out of 10, they engage right back. And it, it, it seems authentic. It's not just part of the job. They're, they're happy that someone in the checkout line at the grocery store asked them how their day's going and then responded to what they said instead of good, huh? Yeah, good. Everything's good. Yep, everything's good. But, you know, taking it a little step further to have that extra connection and then a promise the next time you're in that same line, you're going to get a different type of response or a little extra engagement from them too. In our conversation in the um, Empathetic Healthcare Practice course, we talked about second opinions with Dr. Berman. And she was talking about how we build relationship with patients. And I said, well, I'm sure that you, you know, we, we don't expect you to treat a patient any differently because you know them better because you've had this connection with them. And she said, I would push back on that. I would say that we tend to take better care of people we care about. And I think that that's, I think that that's true in what you're describing of reaching out to people, making a connection with strangers, trying to make sure that you know, you get those endorphins going or whatever it is that happens to us. What is the study about hugging? You know, that what it does for our bodies to hug people. And I'm not a big hugger, but I know when I get a good one or I give a good one, I feel better. Right. We are created to be in community. And like you mentioned in healthcare, you know, as a nurse, those patients that I feel like I understand better, it's easier for me to advocate for them. It's easier for me to kind of speak to what they need if I feel connected to them. I mean, I'm still going to do a really good job for anybody, mm -hmm. even if they're mean and they don't like me, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's my job. Um, but those patients that I know are open to conversation with me and are open to education, there's more that I can feel like I can do for them. If I, if I have extra time, right, I'm going to want to go and connect with that patient and maybe even just sit with them and talk to them about this new diagnosis and and what kind of support they might need and how can I help them get connected with that. Um, so I do think that those relationships, I know they're very valuable. And seeing each other in the healthcare industry, we're people first. When I feel that from my patients, it is really, it means a lot mm -hmm. for them to see me as a person too. All of what we've shared today, I mean, very useful tips about the breathing, about, you know, thinking about what is, what is, how do you restore? What is, what, what makes you tick? What, what lights your fire? And you have to be okay with getting to know yourself a little better. If, if you're someone who's listening to this and thinking, gosh, when was the last time I did something for myself? You know, what does that even look like? Exactly. Well, thank you for being here. I'm really, uh, I, I, like I said, I love meeting people and, and then figuring out sometimes that it's a good fit for for a conversation like this. So it definitely is. And I appreciate your time and your energy toward this. And I know you've helped lots of people. I've heard good things about you. So I know you'll help some people today too. Thank you. These conversations are valuable to me and I really am glad to be part of them. So thank you. Absolutely. Take good care. Okay,